Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. You've probably gathered we're in our prosperity month. We're in the middle of our pledge month by the various speakers and presentations today. And uh, we're using uh, John Randolph Price's book, The Abundance Book, and it has the the 40-day prosperity program in it. And I'll tell you a secret. I first did this program probably about 15 years ago. And I still have the copy that I bought and used at that time. And we're in a section where... uh, I did lots of, are you book defacers like I am? (laughs) Maybe I better be just up front with that. I'm one of those folks when I buy a book, I like write all over the margins. And today we're covering the material that I had a lot of trouble with 15 years ago. Uh, In fact, I wrote next to what I'm going to read to you all, really? Question mark, exclamation point. So, (laughs) So we'll see if 15 years later I can do a better job of explaining it to you (laughs) than what I originally got out of it. So here's what he says about this idea that you are your own money. Today, we give paper money and coins to people for doing the things they sell or the work that they do for us. Simple, isn't it? Where it gets complex is that many people do not have sufficient paper or coins to exchange for the goods and services they need and want. Why not? Why not? (laughs) Because their consciousness is not attracting, or in some cases is literally repelling the energy of money. And that's very curious because the energy of all form, including money, is already an inherent part of each individual. It's an essential part of his or her consciousness. So how does that sit with you? Are you okay with that? When I first read this, I thought, well, how is this, uh, how does this make sense? Why is it then that, that some people are richer than others? Why is it that some people seem to struggle their whole lives with having enough money to do what they want to do, and yet other people just seem blessed, just seem to, to have that kind of almost magnetic life where no matter what happens to them, they, you know, they sail through it with prosperity and love and light. And, and I thought to myself, it's like, how fair is that? Shouldn't above all things God be fair in the way God treats us? Well, that was the source, I'm sure, of my questions about this. And I want to spend a couple uh, moments today actually dividing up this material so that we can address it uh, separately. First of all, do we believe that there is actually an energy of money? That each one of us is born with, if you will, the power to both attract and repel through our use of this energy of money. And I want to start there because I think we're not used to thinking of money in those terms. I think we're not at all used to thinking that somehow there's an energy of money. But I do know something, something a little similar to that, that we are familiar with. Has everyone here had the occasion to meet someone new and you kind of felt instantly attracted to them? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's almost like a, like, like, be, like a best friend that you just met 
There is something about them that kind of draws you to them. And, and it would be hard to put into a description, right? They don't, they don't always dress a certain way or, or behave a certain way. They don't always look a certain way, right? It's something about the energy of who they are and what they stand for that just kind of draws you in and you feel like, gosh, I want to get to know this person. I want to, uh, I, I, I still remember the, the very first time, and I think most of you who were here last week uh, met Reverend Lynn Johnson, who filled in for me while, while I was away. And I remember the very first time I met her, it was like, I want to get to know this person. There's just something inherently there that says, this is an approachable person. This is someone I'd like to get to know. This is someone um, that I could learn things from. Uh, and, and your list may be a little different than mine, but I bet we have all known someone that has that energy, and you might think of it as the energy of love or the energy of friendship that just like drew you in as though it were a spell of some kind. I want to share something else with you. So that you might think of as the energy of love, I also think there's kind of an energy of success. And I'll get even uh, more personal with my life history. Uh, some of you may have known, uh, you know, I was born in, in pretty meager surroundings, literally in a, in a trailer in a logging camp. That was <laughs> my humble beginnings. My, my father was a, a log truck driver driving someone else's log truck, as that was all they could afford was just employment. And my mom, to make ends meet, she was one that cooked breakfast for the whole logging party. This was this was back when logging in, in Oregon was like a huge thing, and and often people would be away from uh, uh, their homes. Generally, you know, generally guys driving the log trucks would be in the logging camp for weeks at a time, and my mom did the cooking for that. So. Perhaps a surprise that 17-year-old Larry King was voted most likely to succeed. <laughs> do they still do that in high schools now? As part of like putting the yearbook together, are still people voted like most likely to succeed and, and happiest individual and, and things like that? Well, I was voted most likely to succeed. Now, I got to tell you, 17-year-old Larry certainly didn't have anything on the outside that looked like success. Do you know what I mean? Right? I was still riding the school bus to school. What 17-year-old could have, right? The wherewithal to still be on the school bus, <laughs> right? We're supposed to be in cars by then, for God's sakes. <laughs> anyway, there was something in me, though, I think that maybe was a little different. Now, if you had asked me, Larry, are you going to be the most successful out of your class? I would have probably said, well, of course not. I mean, look at where I'm coming from. Look at who I am. But if you had asked the question in a different way, if you had asked the question, Larry, is there anything on this planet that you don't think you could really do if you put your mind to it? I would have said, of course not. I would have said, absolutely. If there is something on this planet that I really want to do or want to experience, I absolutely will find a way to do that. Do you see how this works? It isn't what's on the outside. It's a little bit of what's on the inside. So we've talked about then the energy of love, and we've talked about the energy of success. We're just not used to thinking that money itself has a kind of an energy to it. And so I would propose to you, much in the same way that John Randolph Price talked about it, that there is an energy of money, and you already have it. And the true question is, are you using it to repel your good, or are you using it to draw in your good? 
See, I think you're using it all the time. You're using it right now, whether you're aware of it or not. You're using it in a very precise, but perhaps unconscious way. You're using it to precisely keep your finances exactly the way they are right now. Through the power of your thinking, through the power of your consciousness, through the power of your beliefs, through the power of your understanding of money, as it is right now, you are keeping your income and your good and your, you know, your assets and, and all of those things, all those instruments of money, you are keeping them pretty much the way they are right now, right? No big changes, typically. I mean, now and then your finances may change, but basically, day in and day out, when the paychecks come, it's about the same number. The, the small little gifts you get from the universe, about the same level as they usually are. Day in and day out, you're actually working hard and you don't even know it <laughs> to keep things the way they are. What if we put the same level of energy into a different level of understanding and energy around money. Some really good clues in this book, and I want to share them with you. Um, He actually says, and I believe that it's true, that by putting a little thought and a little intentionality into our consciousness around money, we can make a big difference. But first, onto the idea of both attracting and repelling money, and we'll take repelling first. And I managed to find a fun joke about it, (laughs) naturally. As the young man was headed off to college, a father thought it would be a better idea to give his son experience with a checking account instead of just handing him a credit card. He figured that at least the bank might be able to shut down his his son's spending. And sure enough, after the first month, he got a call from his son. Dad, said the young fellow, you really set me up with a terrible bank. Well, what do you mean, asked his father. Well, to begin with, their customer service department is just horrible. I called in to report an error on their part, and after a while, they just started yelling at me. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, said the father, a little surprised, and yet kind of pleased that his son had found a banking mistake. But that's not the worst of it, said the son. I just don't know how you could possibly recommend a bank that's so constantly having insufficient funds. (laughs) So what is the energy then of a bounced check? What is the energy that we unknowingly may be putting out that will draw to us the opposite of what we want? The insufficient funds of the world, the places where we we just yearn to be able to pay for something that we so desperately desire. What are some of the negative aspects of this energy field that we might use to repel money? First one, believe it or not, and I think this might be the, uh, (laughs) the effect of the joke here or the cause of it for the young man, that's a misunderstanding or no understanding about money. Ignorance, sadly, is no excuse in this this working of money. And if we insulate or isolate or ignore the power, literally, of how money works in our life, it will tend to dissipate. If we don't understand the interest rates that go with credit cards and the ramifications of not paying it off every month, if we don't understand how we can actually pay off our mortgage earlier and that there might be a benefit in that, if we don't understand the importance of balancing our checkbook or if we just entirely ignore it. Do you know what's really common today? 
for most Americans, I was reading a, a, a survey not too long ago, for most Americans, when the paycheck comes, most of us get a paycheck a couple times a month, when the paycheck comes, that paycheck is normally spent in the week that it arrives. This is really just an ignorance of how money works. And yet, right now in America, over 50% of the workers say that that's what happens, that literally the check comes and they will go out and spend it. Now, now of course, uh, I, I think people have been trained to make sure that their checks come about when their rent is due and things like that, or we'd be seeing a lot of people out on the street, right? It's not that there isn't an awareness of, of bills coming, but still, you will hear people say things like, well, yeah, the, the rent's paid for this month, let's just go out and have some fun with no particular idea of using money as a long-term resource. It's the very recipe for saying, money isn't long-term important to me. Now think back to my example of love. Just let's, let's take back for a moment the idea of the energy of love. How would it be if someone you really cared about was one of those fair weather friends that was only interested in your loyalty and your uh, companionship just in the moment. It's like, okay, uh, let's have fun tonight. Uh, can you help me? Uh, you know, I'm getting ready to move. Would you mind coming over and helping me pack some suitcases and boxes up? Oh, uh, no, <laughs> right? That's what we used to call a fair weather friend. When you treat money just as the, the thing of the moment and no heed for doing anything with it later or being able to use it as a tool, it's like you're saying it's a fair weather friend. And you shouldn't be surprised if money then is going to let you down later when you need it. It's the same energy with which we should put into any kind of a relationship. Now, you might say a relationship with money, that just sounds creepy to me. And yet, energetically, we have a relationship with everything in our lives. We have a relationship with people. We have a relationship with our home. We have a relationship with the, um, the, uh, our, our place of business. We, we have that exchange of energy with everything that's going on in our life. And when we ignore it or when we treat it poorly, it's not surprising that that element in our life, that piece of it, will tend to diminish and dry up. It's as though we're saying, it's not important to me. And so therefore, it goes somewhere else where it's treated better. The other thing that, uh, that Price says that we do, unfortunately, to repel money is literally by our hungering for it. And I want to spend a moment talking about this. Have you ever met someone who just longed for something, whether it's, uh, um, I don't know, whether it's retirement or whether it's uh, a love affair or whether it is money, someone who really a great deal of their time was spent in that process of wishing things were different, of really feeling that um, longing, if you will, for money or a, a love relationship or a better job or something like that. Price says that when we do that, we're actually edifying, we're raising up the longing for it rather than the having it. And so when in our heart we, we're feeling that exquisite, painful absence 
what tends to happen is it tends to bring that ability for the universe to shortchange us even more. Oh, you want to spend your time longing? Here are some more reasons <laughs> for longing. And so sometimes it is in our very desire to acquire something, if we focus on the desire, if we focus on the wishing, if we focus on the idea that we don't have it but we wish we did have it, we're tactfully saying to the universe, this is what I'm about. I'm about the person that never has it and always wants it. And it's true for love, it's true for money, it's true for success. When we see ourselves as someone who patently and uniformly does not have a thing, the universe will do just about everything to make that be true for us. So, instead of the wishing, instead of the longing, and now this may sound a little extreme, but it's actually better to bless something that you don't have rather than longing for it. So, so give a little pre-gratitude, if you will. Uh, be able to open your heart up to understanding that the more open you are to receive, the more feelings of contentment, the more you feel that you already have what you need, right? That feeling of contentment, that feeling of being full. Picture yourself late on the day on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That almost, oh wow, this was great and I'm way filled up with life. I'm filled up with the joy of my family at Thanksgiving. I'm filled up with the turkey dinner or whatever it is. I'm, I'm filled up with the sweetness of it. That's the energy that will draw more good to you. So if we can replace that longing, if we can replace that, that feeling of never enough instead with, there's plenty for me. Oh my gosh, my life is filled up. And I would say, if you really thought about it, most people would say, you know, that is true, that there are areas in my life where I would like some improvement, but gosh, you know, you're right. By and large, my life is filled up, and I have a lot of room for contentment and even gratitude for how my life is going, and that, that, my friends, is the energy of drawing money in. That is the energy of good to flow to you unimpeded. So those are the ideas that John Randolph Price had about us literally sabotaging ourselves. It's through really highlighting in our life the lack. It's through really believing ourselves that we're not worthy of having uh, anything more than what we have. Those are the instruments going around in our head, in our consciousness, in our beliefs, and in our actions that will put your riches and define, you know, riches how you will. For some people it's money, for some people it's experience, for some people it's love, but, but it is those feelings of, of lack and desiring that will keep what you want most always out there. Now let me talk a little more directly about attracting money, because he says, you know, this is a very can-do kind of experience, and one of them, for those of us following the 40-day abundance plans, we're already doing it. He says one of the things that can work most wonderfully in your life is simply to contemplate 
the positive experience of money. And, and in the 40 Day Abundance Program, you know we're taking one of the affirmations there every day and we're taking it into our contemplation. We're actually contemplating of the power of money in our life or the positive nature of uh, the riches of the universe. We're bringing into our consciousness that and contemplating that idea of God as our source and God's unlimited riches and so on and so forth. He says that is a hugely powerful way of altering that consciousness, starting to flex the muscle of of using it for us instead of our more typical use of flexing it against us, of repelling money. The second thing he uh, talks about is the idea of visualization. And I want to use a a couple examples here because first of all, we're not used to visualizing money. And it makes sense in, in a way to me that we're not. And I'm not even entirely sure the purpose of visualizing money. But let me pause for a minute, maybe a, a longer explanation that you want. Probably close to 10 years ago, I taught my first foundations class. And in that very first class, we were learning how to write science of mind treatments, those affirmative prayers that you hear the practitioners do. And I remember one of my very first students, uh, we were talking about, well, what were we going to be praying for? And he said, well, I'm praying for $843,000. And I went, wow, that's a level of specificity that I haven't heard before. $843,000? $843,000? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I mean, I couldn't help but ask. I said, well, that must represent something to you. Is that, you know, like to pay off a mortgage or, you know, what, what does $843,000 mean to you? And he said, well, I've been talking to my stockbroker and if I had $843,000 in my brokerage account, that, I feel, would be the right amount of money to finance my retirement. And I went, oh my gosh, that totally makes sense. That's not $843,000. That's retirement. That's a, a symbol of freedom. That's your, your idea of being able to do the things you want to do instead of having to go to a job every day. Now, that's something, isn't it, that's easier to visualize Rather than visualizing 840, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how I'd go about visualizing $843,000. Would it be a pile of money? Is it just like a number in my checkbook? It's like, I'm not sure how useful that would be. But I got to tell you, if you visualize you enjoying your retirement, Right? That's something you could get a full picture around. What it would be like to get up in the morning and know you didn't have to go to work. What it would be like to just put on any old clothes instead of the office attire. How great it would be to know that the only responsibility you had for that today was maybe to go visit your grandkids or, or, or go shopping downtown. Do you know what I mean? That sense of, of freedom and that sense of, of personal purpose instead of a, a purpose related to a job. I said, let's do the prayer about that. And so that's my suggestion to you today when Randolph Price says to visualize as a tool for making more money in your life, let's skip the, the visualizing money. I think that's just a, kind of a little parlor trick. Instead, what would you do with the money? 
right? Would you pay off your home for, for uh, security and safety reasons? Would you, would you give the money away to a charity that does good work? Would you, would you do something amazing with the money in terms of maybe buying your own business, something you've wanted to do for a long time to do where you can direct your own affairs? Would you use that money to maybe go back to school or to, to pay off your mortgage or whatever it is? What I would suggest to you this is how you can powerfully use this idea of visualization to attract to you the money necessary to do that thing. See, I don't really get much juice when I think about just visualizing a pile of money. I mean, in fact, it tends to do the opposite. If I visualize a pile of money, I kind of visualize the armored car out there that would come to take it away from me. Do you know what I mean? Or, or, or maybe the, the spinning blue lights, right? You know, who, who left the money there and where did you get it? But I don't have, I don't have any trouble visualizing myself living in luxury or enjoying a new job or, or having a beautiful home. So I really think this idea of visualization is a powerful one. And it also highlights one other concept, and that's generally that money isn't the thing. We may be talking about money today, but it isn't actually the money that's going to light up your life. What's going to light up your life is what the money can allow you to do. It will be the experience of your life in having the money. And when we focus on that, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in meditation, whether it's in visualization, when we focus on you outrageously enjoying your life, right? Do you see how, just even talk, I can look out at your faces and I already see, now we see the smiles. Now I see people already beginning to think of what they would do with unlimited wealth in their life. And that is the very energy of money that will attract it, right? Because you're already thinking of it as though you have it. You're already imagining your life as having that enhancement made to it. You're already sensing the feelings and, and living that good life as though it were already yours. That, my friends, is the very powerful attractant of this energy of money. I'm gonna do a couple more things today and then we'll close. First of all, a brief summary. So you really are your own money. You're also your own lack of money. And I think when we begin to take ownership for our affairs, just as they are, and, and not in a blaming way, not in the, oh my God, you know, I wish I would have known this when I was 20 kind of way, but rather in that sense of, I am actually in control of my thinking, and so therefore, I can change this consciousness. I can begin using the power of attraction around it, the energy of money, instead of repulsion. So we take ownership for where we are right now. I am my own money, or the lack thereof it, and I will begin exercising control over my consciousness. Day in and day out, I will begin correcting some of my negative thinking about money. I'll begin reducing that feeling of wanting and instead begin playing up that idea of sufficiency and having and enjoying. So we repel it by focusing on lack. We repel it by that idea of there's never enough or I'm not good enough to have it or, or no one in my family has ever had this kind of money, right? Those are all the ways that we would repel it. Instead, 
We visualize, we sense ourselves in complete sufficiency. We, we give gratitude and open our heart for the good that's already in our lives. We, we sense that we truly are worthy of being that successful person that we desire to be. And when that wells up in us, when we feel that, when we become that thing, then as we are our own money, it's a powerful and rich feeling that draws to it exactly what is necessary then to pull that off in the real world. I'm going to close with a, a visualization. So, so uh, John Randolph Price talks about visualizations, and he actually does one in the book that I want to share with you. So if, if, if you'd like, maybe close your eyes and just listen, and I'll go from this visualization to our ending prayer. So this is from the Abundance Book of John Randolph Price. He says, in my mind's eye, I begin to visualize the eternal fountain of all good within. It is forever flowing without end. I become the infilling and embodiment of that flow until literally I see my cup running over. I mentally open the door of my consciousness and release this flow to move around this world as though it were a golden light. It lifts each soul into a new vibration of abundance. I see the oneness as every man, woman, and child on this planet. We're all connected in that golden light of good. And I begin to see the visible supply being attracted to everyone without exception. That energy of money without exception. And I see the, the joy and gratitude on the faces of people everywhere. Truly a thanksgiving to God. As each need is powerfully met. And then I see the visible supply begin to flow to me. Returning in waves. I watch it coming from all around the world. Closer and closer. Until in my imagination... I feel the waves of prosperity engulf me, enough to nearly take my breath away. I feel more prosperous than I have in my entire life. And I begin to see this money put to work in the most loving, productive, and supportive way for all. And now I invite us to pray. There is one power, one presence, one life. It is that infinity of all things. In the, in the science of mind, we say that God is all there is, and we mean it. Nothing outside that, that glory that is God. All the good, all the joy, all the love, all the money, all the peace, all the happiness that can and ever exist is in that one source. And because it is all, it also represents me. There I am in the midst of it. And with my open heart, I know that I draw to me that good and that love, that light and that joy. It is my very nature to use this, this energy of love, this energy of money, this, this energy of peace to draw to me that which I desire. It's simply part of who I am, one of the capabilities that exists for everyone from being a human being. And so on this day, I claim for the people in this very room, perhaps a greater willingness to, to see each of us as responsible for our own money, 
to see each of us responsible for our own love, for, for our own success, that each one of us is a center of God thought and God consciousness, using that very energy of the infinite to both draw and repel things and people, experiences and objects to us. And so for each person here, I also claim that, that new, perhaps, knowledge that we can consciously control that energy, that each person here has the ability to bring more sufficiency into their own life through thoughts of sufficiency, through thoughts of gratitude, through, through beliefs of worthiness, through that sense of, of belonging. And so it is, I simply see this congregation prosper. I see this message and this expansion of, of joy, of material wealth, of good, I see it moving out into the universe, even as John Randolph Price's visualization saw it. To me, there is this amazing life overfilling this room with abundance, with love, with peace, and with joy. And I'm simply grateful for this. Simply grateful for the expansive and unlimited nature of God and the universe as my true source. And so I release this prayer. I release it into the activity and action of the law itself. I let it be, and I invite us all to say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.